0: hello everybody welcome back to another episode of the casual criminalist as always hello there i'm your host simon wahmas here one of my writers in this case kevin thank you kevin has written me a script this one's rather i mean it won't exactly be bleeding edge news when you see this video because it takes us a bit of time to you know write record edit these videos but uh this one's about nancy cromit brophy who is crampton brophy sorry who's that woman who has been in the news recently because she wrote a book called how to murder your husband and now she has been convicted of murdering her husband. And it's like, what have you done? (laughs) You have broken the primary rule. Rule number one of the of criminals, do not write down your crimes. We'll add to that, do not write a novel about your crimes. If you write at the beginning, you know, not based on a true story, people are still gonna look at that book and be like, wait, but your husband was murdered. It's mad suspicious. Anyway, thank you, Kevin. I've never read this before. It's all brand new to me. Obviously, most of us are familiar with the case from the news articles. But let's just dive in, shall we? Nancy Lee Crampton was born in Wichita Falls, Texas on June 16, 1950. It was back at a time when most families were still able to survive off a single income and less than a third of married women had careers. Not only did both of Nancy's parents work, but they were both lawyers and successful ones at that. Though her mother's attempt to be elected to the position of district judge was unsuccessful, the family's private practice of Crampton and Crampton saw a balloon in activity as a result. Name recognition? is a powerful thing her father also became chief appellant attorney for tarrant county i've been able to figure out exactly what that job means no it's brand new to me but i have been able to figure out what it pays they wouldn't have been millionaires but i'm sure nancy could have had anything she wanted growing up not a whole lot is available about her early life but it was probably extraordinarily mundane i'm sure it was filled with sock ops and sadie hawkins dances and whatever else kids did In the 1950s yeah i vaguely like sadie hawkins there's a dance around that i think i made a video about it once like who is sadie hawkins and i've subsequently completely forgotten it seems to be a very american thing no idea what sock op is that sounds fun texans nancy graduated from the university of houston with a degree in economics before going on to marry a police officer why their marriage failed isn't really known what we do know is that nancy said she would not let him keep his gun collection in the house which is a bit ironic since she would later go on to purchase her very own glock that's a gun show. Uh-oh, I wonder what she uses that Glock for. Spoiler alert, murdering husbands. It's in the title. Wait, I don't know if she actually did use this Glock to do that anyway. She bought this gun for, you know, research. <laughs> One of the, I feel like being a right. If you are like, if you're a, uh, like a drug kingpin and you want to like be Googling all about, um, you know, how to smuggle drugs, how to do all of that stuff definitely also into your search history write about like um how to write a book how to write a story you know just also like what is character research just throw in some other searches that make it look like you're uh, you're writing a book maybe write a few thousand words of a bad book and then when they come for you be like no i was just doing research for this book wasn't i come on now one of the books also contain depictions of domestic abuse that are cited as being far too detailed to come from anything but personal experience well that's obviously b**** because you can read detailed accounts of uh, domestic violence they're called police reports that's pure speculation and even if it's true there's no telling who it would be about but i figured i'd put it out there following her failed marriage nancy decided she wanted a fresh start so in the early 1990s she moved from texas to oregon for everyone's sake i'll mention that oregon is directly above california thank you kevin (laughs) i've actually been to oregon and i'm still like just so simon doesn't have to spend the next five minutes guessing while in oregon she enrolled in the western culinary institute it was there that she would meet daniel brophy i feel like i know about oregon mostly because weren't they the first place that legalized weed like the legends they are it was nancy's first class in culinary school and daniel's first semester as a teacher they remained friends first which is allegedly just the polite way of saying that daniel was sleeping with his student behind his wife's back yeah we're just friends uh oh <laughs> yeah but his student is like 40 years old so it's it, it's is that is that even morally wrong i don't feel like if the, there's a teacher and he's the same age as the student they're both middle-aged and they're a culinary institute it's not like the 40 year old professor preying on an 18 or younger student is it i mean even if the 80 even if it's not that feels illegal doesn't it but the other one doesn't even feel i don't know i don't really have a problem with that it's, it's, it's just two adults meeting each other although the marriage infidelity is probably not brilliant but um who am i to judge but this was a university not a high school and she was in her 30s so whatever indeed kevin and i same page in 1994 daniel divorced from his first wife five years later nancy and daniel held a large ceremony for the next 70 years they would live as sorry next 17 years obviously they'd live as husband and wife despite not actually being husband and wife there was no reason they couldn't be and maybe they thought they were but they never actually bothered to file the legal paperwork until june of 2016. (laughs) i think we're married we held a big ceremony and a guy in a weird collar showed up and said we were (laughs) <laughs> Do you think they're just like she's got a degree in economics. She's she's smart. She knows that's not what marriage is <laughs> Like marriage you got to go like sign some legal forms. You can't just go to a church and Right, right. There's got to be forms to be signed. She knows she's not married Why after 17 years would they suddenly realize they weren't legally married or if they had known? Why would they suddenly decide that now was the time to fix it? Do you- have life insurance. Life insurance. Change that life insurance policy yet? Well, they weren't doing great financially, and it's a lot harder to get life insurance on a roommate than it is on a husband. Holy. Uh oh. Daniel was making fifty 000 to sixty thousand dollars a year teaching, and Nancy owned a successful catering company. Maybe. Also, why? She's got a degree in economics. Just go work as an economist. They make real big coins. According to a 1999 tax return presented in court, a business earned around $500,000 at this time. Never mind. Obviously catering pays. This document does not appear to be available to the public, so it's unclear whether that's just revenue or actual profit. After all, the overhead and cost of goods and employees and whatnot. If a profit in a catering company is 500 grand that is making some money because I don't imagine catering is a super high profit margin business a company had a 25 person catering staff so if it was $500,000 in revenue it's not that great yeah you're not making money if that's how much you've got 25 people off half a million a year my brain is not big enough to do the maths on that but they're not getting paid very much each are they even if that was profit that was 20 years ago and things have taken a massive downward turn I think that's profit and I think 20 years ago it's what it's probably a mill today that's a really good business after 9 11 the local restaurant scene in Oregon took a massive hit why I understand like people don't want to get on planes for a few weeks but restaurants in Oregon it's literally the other side of the country I remember 9 11 was it really I obviously I wasn't American so I'm not American so I don't remember it so you know being in that country at the time that happens Were people really afraid on the other coast of going to restaurants wow with everything that's happened since then it seems hard to remember but the nation's economy took a big hit immediately following the terrorist attack okay so the economy took a hit and then restaurants took it because of the economy of course people hoped things would get better but then there was the small issue of the great recession the business may not have been doing great anymore but nancy had another passion to occupy her time Just before we continue with today's episode of the podcast, let me tell you about today's fantastic sponsor. That would be Daily Harvest. Look, I don't know if you're as busy as I am. I feel like I finish a busy day at work and then I get home and then it's a busy time at home with family. And uh, also, you got to add into that. You get home and it's like, oh, God, I've got to cook. I've got to cook for the family and i got to cook for myself. And sometimes that's two separate meals. Sometimes it's just one. But it's complicated and it's time consuming and there's nothing worse coming home looking at the empty fridge and being like oh god there's nothing in here are we having takeaway again that doesn't sound very healthy that sounds expensive fortunately daily harvest make all of this easier they deliver delicious harvest bowls soups flatbreads snacks smoothies lattes and more all built on organic fruits and vegetables They make delicious options for any time of the day, whether that's breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, even dessert. That's nice. I never do dessert. With Daily Harvest, you really can, which is nice because I'm always like, I'll just make the main course. And then so I have pudding or dessert. Uh, Chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) No, with Daily Harvest, healthy and tasty. New on the scene, by the way, they say here delicious harvest bakes for the moments when you're looking for homemade feels without doing any of the work that sounds good doesn't it they're ready to bake veg packed dishes sizzling with gourmet level flavors that are big enough to share you just don't want to yeah that's fair as always like you know when you get like one of those family packs of crisps or something and they're like yeah family packs or just greedy bastard size <laughs> Avoid the takeout temptation and get Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com/casual and get up to forty dollars off your first box. Dailyharvest.com/casual, up to forty dollars off your first box. Again, dailyharvest.com/casual. And now back to the show. Award-winning author Nancy Brophy writing had always been a passion of nancy's her first published work was an article in a pamphlet for the university of houston and perhaps it would have been better if it ended there most of her writing career was focused on non-fiction particularly technical writing but technical writing is boring as hell so it's only a matter of time before she turned to fiction specifically romance novels nancy is reported as have been published since 2011 though it's important to know that she was self-published i'm not saying self-published authors are terrible by default and there's absolutely and there absolutely are financial and legal reasons why a person would rather self-publish a novel instead of going to a major publisher yeah because publishers take a lot of the money like if you self-publish you just get to keep the majority of the money for yourself which is uh i mean it's a lot more in nancy's case however i'm pretty confident that it was her only choice i <laughs> Kevin some shade. I haven't read all of Nancy's work, but I feel I've read enough to say with confidence that it's rather bad, allegedly, in my opinion. She said she wrote out of passion and was never in it for the money, which is a good thing because it doesn't seem to have made much money for her. Checking the Amazon reviews for one of her books, there's only a single one written before her arrest for murder of her husband. That review is also allegedly a plant, reading more like a back cover of the book than an actual review. People must see through that, though. Right. Like I don't know, you read reviews and you're like, Well, that's obviously fake. And then you read like three other reviews that are basically the same template and it's like, the guy off Fiverr that you hired to do these reviews couldn't even done a proper job. What are you up to? Although the other day I bought something off like the Czech version of Amazon. There's a website called Alzar and it advertises it as a three in one charger. Desk charger. I'm like, sweet because I wanted a little thing on my desk to charge my phone, to charge my watch, and to charge my headphones, all wirelessly. A three in one charger. And it arrives. And it's like says set of the box three in one charger watch charger not included and I'm like wait <laughs> so there's a little place for you to put the Apple Watch on the top of it but it doesn't charge it it's like got this little slot that you put your uh purchased Apple Watch charger in and I'm like that is some mega bullshit and I look at the reviews because it got 4.1 overall and I was like yeah I'll buy it and then it's like some of the reviews are like ah yes doesn't charge my watch and I just left a review saying. <laughs> Brilliant, if you're after a two in one charger. (laughs) Advertise itself as a three in one charger. One star, piece of s. But I'm not sending it back because I hate returns. But Kevin! you're just some faceless arsehole writing for simon what gives you the right to criticize an award-winning author well the thing about this is did she actually win anything every news article refers to her as an award-winning author but i can't find any source for that other than the bio she wrote herself on amazon the search for her awards started as a curiosity but it became an obsession obsession i can tell you that 86 year old nancy brophy out of pennsylvania became the oldest person to ever hit a hole in one in the lanark county country club remarkably done while receiving wound care treatment on her leg i can also tell you that nancy brophy from montclair state university's class of 2006 won three separate athletic awards and scholarships what i can't tell you is a single award that nancy clempton brophy won i'm not calling her oh so kevin actually pulled these like random things that people did off the internet (laughs) but there's nothing for her I'm not calling her a liar i'm just saying that if anyone can actually find an award she won for writing let me know in the comments however what makes this case interesting isn't her accomplishments and accolades as a writer it's a subject matter her novels seem to be all about forbidden love and murder with titles like wrong husband and wrong lover oh yeah and while she may refer to it either as a novel or an essay in 2011 she published a blog post on her website entitled how to murder your husband Uh uh-oh someone's blogging about their crimes unfortunately a blog post was not nearly as clever or precedent as we would all have liked it doesn't purport to advise on how actually to get away with murder it just lists a series of motives for why someone would kill their husband as well as the pros and cons of various types of murder (laughs) nancy what are you up to this is so dark and weird i guess the sort of thing that a murderer would do there's one line in a blog post that was particularly interesting especially to the prosecution quote The thing i know about murder is that every one of us have it in him slash her when pushed far enough now that i do kind of people are gonna pull this in the future when i'm being prosecuted for murder and be like simon said he agrees with this i do kind of agree that if you for most people i don't know but i don't believe i would like if someone kidnapped it's always that example i use if someone kidnapped my family and they were like, "We're gonna kill your family unless you murder that person. Will you murder that person?" And like, for a thought experiment, let's say my family would one hundred percent be released safely, and I and I'd still go to prison. That's fine. Uh, and my family would be one hundred percent relieved safely. Released safely if I killed that person. Would I kill that person? Yeah, I would. Holy <laughs> like i know what my answer to the trolley problem is you know there's that famous thought experiment where it's like there's a mad scientist and he's got two trains uh he's got one train and it's going down the tracks and the track splits off into two directions on one direction on, lying on the track strapped to the track of five people uh and that's the one the train is heading towards on the other bit of track there's just one person strapped to the track that the mad scientist has strapped to the track you've got the option to flip a lever that will take the train from the five people track and put it onto the one people person track do you flip the do you flip the switch and the other the the, the difficulty is well if you take no action you've not become involved in this the mad scientist has killed five people and you've had nothing to do with it but if you take the action you've set ac- and flip the switch you've essentially killed one person but you've saved five but you've still killed someone Or been directly responsible for someone's death. And I'm like, to me, it's like, obviously, you flipped the switch. Because I'm a calculating and cold bastard. The murder of Daniel Brophy. On the morning of June the 2nd, 2018, Daniel Brophy left for work at the Oregon Calendary Institute. He had the title of lead chief instructor, and it was also a Saturday, so Daniel was the first one to the building. He unlocked the doors and disabled the security alarm so he could prepare for the weekend classes that he taught. Another teacher arrived at 7.30 to prepare for a class. When she opened the doors to students at 8 a.m., they found Daniel in the rear kitchen of the building, bleeding on the floor. The 63-year-old, expert of seafood and mushrooms that specific, was shot twice. One bullet went through his back, the second through his chest. Both bullets had pierced his heart. He was declared dead at the scene by emts police arrived shortly thereafter as did nancy having received a phone call about what had happened police were puzzled by the scene here was this chef slash teacher murdered in the back of the building with no apparent motive his wallet keys and everything else was still on his person so it didn't look like a robbery nancy couldn't think of any enemies he had or anyone who would want to hurt him nancy 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 oh nancy you are the number one suspect Someone's been... the. They always look to the husband and wife. And now you're like, no, I can't think of anyone who would want to kill him. No one at all. No one. Nancy, what have you done? You're so guilty. The next evening, they had a candlelight vigil at the school for Daniel. He was a popular and well-respected teacher, and his presence was going to be sorely missed. <laughs> There's a picture of him here hugging a cockerel. Okay. I'm not 100% sure whether everyone got the memo or not, though, because the postcard picture below seems like it was written by someone who may... Oh, so uh, below it'll be on the screen um by someone who may have thought this was a retirement party rather than a lit vigil uh let me just read it chef thank you for your brophy your instruction your own personal potanska recipe sauce kick ass but most of all your friendship dot dot, dot. bon appetit chef neil laracco class of 2013. that does sound like they don't know he's died <laughs> it sounds like he's just like yeah enjoy your retirement okay call me old-fashioned but i'm not sure that oh yeah and there's a big smiley face at the end (laughs) uh call me old-fashioned but i'm not sure that smiley faces are appropriate for a solemn vigil mourning the loss of a dear friend maybe that sort of guy Daniel was, though. Police may have been puzzled at first, but they obviously weren't for very long. As the daughter of two lawyers, ex-wife of a police officer, and author of novels featuring murder, you'd think that Nancy would understand the next step. She even mentioned it in How to Murder Your Husband, quote, The police aren't stupid. They're looking at you first. She was right. And they did. And once they looked at her, they didn't need to look anywhere else, perhaps Nancy had thought she was in the clear when nothing was heard from the police for a couple of months she told them she was out walking her two dogs that morning and then came home at which point she received the phone call about her husband maybe in her mind they simply believed her and this would be some unsolved mystery for decades to come yeah nancy the police are just they're just, they're not working on that murder at all they're not doing that they're just they have you haven't heard from them because they dropped it not because they're building a watertight case that's not the reason at all Nancy. you don't need to be sweating sweat nancy sweat (laughs) but it turns out police aren't stupid and when there's no signs of a break in or robbery naturally they suspect the wife the reason it took three months before they arrested her was that they needed to make sure they had all the evidence they needed for a conviction yes nancy how Uh, even? (laughs) even i know this as a true crime podcast person and you are the daughter of two lawyers and you must have done lots of research for your books about murder you literally wrote a blog post about how to murder someone the trial never put anything in writing you will have to defend in court this is a line nancy wrote in plotting your story arc a guidebook for fiction writers you can't afford something better i know that we here at the casual criminalist always say not to write down your crimes but this is a true cr- pod- uh, true crime podcast not a writing manual the very statement feels like it would need to be defended because because what so-called fiction are you writing that you think will come up in court however despite having authored or more accurately blogged how to murder your husband she had much more to answer for than just the works of alleged fiction that she had written in a book the wrong husband a woman is shipwrecked on a cruise and her husband sends a group of mercenaries named black adder to make sure she shows up dead so he can collect her insurance worth millions It's a very convoluted plot. Wait, so she's shipwrecked on a cruise? That is one extraordinary thing. And then her husband sends mercenaries extraordinary thing called Blackadder. Really? Unfortunately for him, the mercenaries were about as effective as Mr. Bean. And unfortunately for Nancy, insurance money… Is the oldest trick in the book. Four days after her husband's murder, Nancy had contacted the police department. She requested a letter from them saying that she was not considered a suspect in the murder, so she could collect Daniel's $400,000 life insurance policy. A plan must have been just to photocopy their letter because she would need more than one to claim four separate life insurance policies on her husband, which totaled nearly $1.4 million. Nancy, 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 Nancy. He has four life insurance policies. That's extremely suspicious. So now motive is firmly established. The Brophy's were not doing very well financially, and she stood to gain a lot of money from her husband's murder. In court, she testified that things were turning around for them and that it made no sense to murder him. She claimed she would be better off financially with Daniel alive rather than dead. Wait, he's making like 50-60k a year and you're getting 1.4 million in insurance policies from him? No, Nancy, the maths doesn't add up. The thing is, we know both his salary and age, and there's no way he was going to be alive and working long enough to make another $1.4 million. Things also hadn't really turned around either. Nancy had left the catering industry due to the physical demands of it and was now selling life insurance. Daniel had his regular teaching job and was now teaching weekend classes and was also working a third job. The main change was that he had cashed in $35,000 of his retirement plan to pay down some of their credit card debt and lower their mortgage payments. It sounds like you're in financial trouble, doesn't it? All of this does not seem like things are turning around. Having focused mainly on the administrative side of the catering business, Nancy no doubt understood that this was just a band-aid and not an actual solution. Her defense argued that Daniel must have been murdered by a stray homeless person because he was in a bad part of town he was in his kitchen at work portland does have large homeless population and a few bad neighborhoods but this was the sort of bad part of town that had a culinary school concert hall and museum were it a random homeless person that had probably also taken his wallet and some food from the massive kitchen but nothing was taken yeah better clues it was a homeless person there's been a feast someone has f- feasted the sh- out of that kitchen the prosecution countered this claim by providing video evidence of nancy driving to and from the school during a 13-minute window in which her husband was killed she would claim in court to suffer from retrograde amnesia and not remember this at all asserting both that she had no memory of what happened but also that there's no way she could have gone there how could she claim not to remember what she did while also asserting with absolute certainty she did not go there is also beyond me ah yes the classic oh i just don't remember the important part of these crimes really really i don't know if i mentioned it yet but this was not a particularly long trial so they have nancy on camera in the area of the school something she lied about to police her initial story when presented with video proof of her location was that she must have just been making a coffee run that she forgot about because of all the trauma from the day that is technically possible if she hadn't lied about being in the area it might have even been believable the location wasn't enough though so what about the murder weapon oh don't The, the There's so much motive. There's so much circumstantial evidence. If I'm on the jury, I, okay, yeah, fair. I'm probably the prod that the defense could probably spin it into some sort of reasonable doubt. Even though it's like, yeah, 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 I'm like 90% sure she did it. Is that is is that 10% reasonable doubt? Yeah, probably. But I get the feeling we're about to seal the deal on this one. Daniel was killed with a 9mm Glock pistol. Oh, what? Is that the one that Nancy got bought at a gun show? No! Nancy had purchased a Glock one day when Daniel was at work. She claimed the purchase was in response to a wave of mass shootings that had taken place and was for Daniel to take when he went out foraging for mushrooms. Ah, yes, all the mass shootings that take place in the forests where people are foraging, foraging for mushrooms. Those are the ones we hear about on the news. 20 mushroom pickers killed in forest. No. No. No this would absolutely be necessary because everyone knows how vicious mushrooms can be if you let your guard down ballistics experts checked the gun and confirmed the bullets that killed her husband could not have been fired by that gun wait what okay never mind (laughs) wasn't that gun even though he was killed with glock bullets and uh, they're not from this gun okay i thought i misread that so what about that ghost gun kit that nancy purchased back in 2017 it's probably not important the full details aren't reported but it most likely sounds like she purchased an 80 percent kit and was unable to figure out how to build it as it would require some amount of machining she claimed to have purchased it as a research project for a book about a woman who builds a gun piece to murder her husband but she also claimed to be home at the time of the murder so well you know the theory is that nancy swapped out the slide and barrel of the Glock with the ones from her kit killed her husband and then put the original pieces back on the gun this should be a simple theory to test except the slide and barrel mysteriously went missing well at least Nancy obeyed one of the rules of the (laughs) cash I feel like I'm probably committing a crime (laughs) here like by encouraging this I'm not encouraging this I'm just saying like if you're in if Nancy has murdered someone and there's a murder weapon if the crime of disposing of the murder weapon is less than the crime of murder which it is well you know what to do (laughs) nancy nancy got this one right i'd speculate they were stolen by ghosts but that's for simon's other channel decoding the unknown you should check it out oh what is not speculation is that shortly before her husband's murder nancy went to a gun range to practice with her weapon you know For research. Another piece of evidence and fun little twist of irony is that when searching Daniel's cell phone, police found an article about how to get away with murder that he shared with his wife, presumably for her writing. I guess she just never got around to reading it. daniel may what are you up to <laughs> there may not have been a literal smoking gun but there was a mountain of circumstantial evidence that evidence didn't even include the how to murder your husband piece which the judge ruled inadmissible because it would be overly pre- prejudicial and confuse the issue i feel like it's kind of appropriate though isn't it like she murdered her husband that's the crime she's accused of and she wrote something about how to get away with murdering your husband feels like yeah it's going to prejudice the jury in the way of guilty which she is guilty Uh, it took the jury two days of deliberation but nancy clampton brophy was found guilty of the murder of her husband her sentencing hearing is still a few weeks away at the time of recording and while oregon does have the death penalty on the books she's not getting the death penalty for this (laughs) i mean yes it's a it's a but it's a one-off murder of your husband this isn't death penalty material there is currently a moratorium on executions, with the last one having taken place over 20 years ago. Regardless of the sentence, considering that Nancy is already 71 years old, it's almost certain she'll spend the rest of her life in jail. At least it will give her some more time to work on her prose. And this has been an episode of The Casual Criminalist. Thank you so much for watching. Bit of a short one today, dealing with something that was in the news recently. I thought it would be fun. I was reading about it, and I'm like, hey, hey. I do a true crime show. This is perfect for that. Let's make it. Thank you, Kevin, for writing it. Thank you, Jen, for editing it. Thank you, me, for being my truly wonderful self. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. But I am wonderful. And if you find me wonderful as well, why not leave a review? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you go, it would be very, very welcome. And I'll see you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old.